Welcome into the Processing Podcast. This is the most important episode to date <laughs> because we've reached the one-year milestone. Happy what? one year, oh, Sophie. What? We made it. We made it. That's so that's that's weird to me. It's um does if somebody told me to guess how long it's been, I would say like seven months, maybe, mm-hmm. possibly a little over half a year. <laughs> Yeah, in 2022, we both turned 25, so we have some fun stuff in store for this week's episode. We're going to go through 25 things we've learned between the two of us in 25 years of life, and just this year in particular, and we'll also reflect on some memorable moments of the podcast in our one year of existence. Um, I can't believe we've made it. It's an honor to have podcast with you for a year. Thank you for joining me along for this journey. And I've learned a lot about you. And I think we've grown closer as two best friends. And obviously in this time, um, your life has changed significantly because you're soon going to be married in 2023. So we've had so many key life events in this past year. Yeah, it's definitely been a year to remember and thank you for I mean you guys this was Mary's idea so (laughs) (laughs) um thank you Mary for taking me on this little journey I had no idea how to podcast or do anything like that I mean I had helped my clients do podcasts in the past but I had never been behind the mic or even knew what to say on a podcast before so Um, I appreciate you kind of almost, um, giving me a new talent, which is such a gift. Creation. (laughs) Yeah. That's a huge gift. I don't know if I've told you this, Sophie, but the moment I, I had known that I wanted to start a podcast in a different, in a different, um, form, I guess, than the one I started in college, which is just primarily sports and interviewing sports personalities, But this is one that I wanted to be able to grow on, talk about careers, and really just show behind the scenes of what it's like to be young in the professional workspace. And the moment I realized that you would be the perfect fit is, I believe, last year, I visited you in in Orange County the city of Orange, uh, visited you at your apartment. And we went to a brewery to have one drink around the block or two blocks away from your apartment. And we were sitting there talking just about life and about uh, positives, negatives, just we were just talking. And the things that you said were so insightful and meaningful. And I thought, wow, like, I've already known you're incredibly intelligent. But Sophie's the person like this is someone I already love talking to and just with no mic in front of us how valuable and fun our conversation is um, it definitely is what I wanted and that's when I asked you oh oh my god you remember that moment or at least I do yeah but that's like when you so you decided like in that moment that's funny yeah I just it was just the conversation we had and in the way that it that hearing your thoughts on things 
sparked different thoughts of mine. And I just thought um, I would have to do less work with the intelligence that you bring to the table and the value <laughs> that you bring to the table rather than if it happened to be someone that I was teaching for the first time how to express their thoughts on a um, podcast uh, in a podcast form. So yeah, I don't know. Oh, you're making me emotional <laughs> on this Sunday morning. Oh my gosh. I wasn't expecting it. Oh, well, you know what? I, throughout the years, I've, you know, had friendships, but I would say that our friendship compared to not that like other friendships didn't weren't as meaningful, but I would say something unique to our friendship at least is our ability to really like talk about life and like actually work together on what our goals are and like what where we're wanting to go in our careers and what we imagine for our futures. It's very like I almost feel like in a way our friendship is productive in that way. <laughs> and yeah. um I've always appreciated that. So that is true. Our friendship was kind of set up for this type of thing. Yes, I feel that way too. Um, so like I mentioned, 25 things, experiences, lessons that we've learned. Um, we're going to split it in two. For me, it's going to be life experiences and lessons through 25 years of life. And for you, Sophie, your 12 are going to be uh, just what you've learned in this past year, because you've experienced so many milestones and just key life moments. It's crazy. And then for that odd number, number 13, oh. number 25, we're going to come up or we have came up with one together that just kind of embodies what we've learned in our friendship. So uh, we never decide who's going to go first before we start. I know. Yeah. So do you have a preference? <laughs> Should we go back and forth? Yeah, maybe let's go back and forth because okay. I don't want to like bore you with 12 things in a row. <laughs> and <laughs> we haven't talked to each other about the 12 things we've learned. So no. if there is overlap, that just goes to show the importance of that. So if you're um, trying to reflect on your life and, and what you've learned, um, this is kind of a, a fun way to see what you relate to maybe and what you... Um, maybe it'll spark you to think of things that you've learned in your in your short life. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are young, even older. There's so many lessons to be had every single day. I'll go first. Okay, so my number <laughs> one is recognizing my own happiness is most important and the key to living a joyous life. So whether that be through individual relationships I have with family, friends, um, the reasoning behind my decisions. When you look at life, it's kind of been talked about recently. You know, you're your own main character in this world. Everyone's thinking about themselves first and foremost. So you and I need to prioritize our own happiness because that's the only thing that, that matters. No one's going to prioritize your happiness um, because yeah. they have their own to worry about. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's um, oddly, like it almost sounds like something simple, but I feel like it's actually something that takes many years to learn because um, I don't know. I feel like you also just get caught up in all the things you have to do and life gets overwhelming. It can be hard to remember like, okay, I have to do 
what I need to do for me to be happy and well and balanced. So exactly. And even just building friendships or bonds with family members, no one cares what your relationship is like with your sister, for example, the only thing that matters to is you two, you know, to everyone else, you guys are sisters period, but how you utilize, um, uh, time and in nurturing that relationship is what's going to make it more meaningful and more fulfilling in your life. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, it's so funny. I look at my first one. I didn't do these in order of importance. So my first, yeah. my first one is not um, at all like deep or that meaningful. Cause I also took like this assignment to think of 12 things that I've learned over the past year as actual concrete things that I've learned, like skills that I've learned too. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the biggest things for me, because I think we've touched on this a couple times in previous episodes, but where my passion lies in my career is in um, like analysis and data. So I'm a very black and white person. Like I'm very data-driven. I'm not like an abstract thinker. You (laughs) to say the least. I'm very like, for example, um, we did like a personality test and like one of the personalities that was possible was like a very like detail oriented numbers data person. And I was like 97% that. (laughs) So um, that said, I was very excited this year to get my Google data analytics certificate and to learn about all of that and to gain that new skills. So for me, that was definitely looking back on the past year of things that I've learned, one of the top things, because um, it helps me move forward in my career into, you know, now that I'm certified in this, I can step forward and be more of a marketing data analyst rather than just like a marketing manager in general. So that was a good one for me. For sure. A huge accomplishment. Okay. So that was number two. Now, number three, we'll see if we can keep the numbers in order. Um, (laughs) The importance of staying in touch with reality and holding myself accountable in every area of my life. Um, it's so easy when you have an, a discussion or an argument with your significant other, for example, or someone at work, a disagreement. It's easy to point the finger at the other person. And the reason I say staying in touch with reality is because in my experience, especially you know, as uh, people get older, if you don't, if you don't pay attention to those things on a daily basis, then you can get to a point where you're 50 years old and you're so trained to just think of how the other person is doing something wrong. And I don't want to be that way. I want to, um, I recognize, you know, it's not something, um, that I want to be, but it also takes a daily effort to train your mind to see, okay, even though I see this situation as um, I'm correct, you know, how do I play a part in the way that this um, conversation was handled or the way that I was misinterpreted? Just always holding yourself accountable, even if it means your work ethic, there's just so many ways it can be interpreted. Um, But just being honest with yourself. Oh, wow. I like that one. That takes a lot of um, humility and empathy. So that's also a tough one to learn. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, okay, number four. Um, 
I learned this past year that mastering something. So have you ever heard um, Malcolm Gladwell's kind of, um, he has a theory that it takes 10,000 hours to master something. Yes. That's like, yeah, that's like a, he popularized that. And a lot of people say, you got to put in your 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. And not to say that I'm a master, but I did the math and I was like, okay, how long have, how long will I have been in my position on my next work anniversary? So I believe it's in February, the end of February will be four years for me, which is 8,320 hours of working. And that's like 40. So like 40 hour work weeks times 52 times four. So um, I'm almost at 10,000 hours. And I feel like that's actually now that I think about it, it's a very accurate estimate of how long it takes to feel truly comfortable in the workplace. Because if I look at myself two years ago, oh my gosh, I, and God, four years ago, I can't even like four years ago, I was like a, a fetus. I had no idea what I was doing. And now I feel very comfortable in my role. I feel like I understand how the business works, like in terms of, you know, why we set certain budgets and how we allocate hours to our team members so that we're make sure we're being profitable and understanding like how to deal with clients and how to strategize. It's like, there's still definitely obviously things I need to learn, but I feel like that 10,000 hours is when you can feel confident and comfortable in the role that you're in. So 10,000 hours, I would say it's very accurate. That's what I learned. I, I couldn't agree more. I look back because I've been at my job and my work anniversary is in, I believe, May, at the end of May for four years. And it's so true. The, the way that I've felt this past year in my products, in my delivery, in my journalistic ability is just, it's leaps and bounds ahead of what I was capable of year one, year two, year three. And, um, and that is kind of an accomplishment that you don't realize until you put it into words like that. Like you're almost at 10,000 hours of working and trying to perfect your craft and you did it while also being paid and you didn't have to do um, (laughs) too much beyond that. I mean, probably with the side, the side things I do, I'm potentially like close to that. uh, I would say you're. I think you're over it. <laughs> I think incredible. That's that's truly yeah. like I want to go celebrate and get a yeah. fancy meal because I put so much time in. That's awesome. Well, if you're four years into your career or beyond, or um, four years into your job, and you're almost at that ten thousand hour mark, uh, congratulations because it takes commitment. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was four, I think. Okay, so now number five, empathy for others is vital in keeping an open mind and never putting myself above others. I said it funny because you were just talking earlier about empathy and um, how empathy is useful in every single life lesson and growth, personal growth, all of the above. But yeah, empathy... um, it's easy to live your entire life without thinking of of putting yourself in other people's shoes and just understanding that um, people 
end up in situations or live their lives in different ways. And it's, and it's honest and it doesn't require judgment. And having that ability has really allowed me to keep an open mind and just um, be happier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think when you're living your life, because if you don't have empathy, I find that a lot of resentment or hatred can brew in your heart towards other people. And that can be mm-hmm. really taxing and exhausting. But it's funny if I were to have written down what I learned from the past, like my entire life, like my 25 lessons of life, that would have definitely been that would one be number two. one. Yeah, yeah, I would say because I didn't I wouldn't say I learned that this past year. I mean, obviously, empathy is like you always learn how to be better at it. But um, I really learned it. I remember my freshman year of college, we, I took a, uh, a class called social construction of difference. And that was all about learning about, you know, how prejudice and racism and sexism and homophobia and all these things formed in our society and understanding it from different points of view. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where I would say I really started to learn about it. So that's a big one. It, it also just, um, you mentioned just peace of mind and not holding on to uh, negativity, but it just helps you put reason to things. Nothing's as simple as, wow, that person or that situation is completely and utterly stupid. You know, it's, there's always something more behind it and being empathetic will help you understand others, uh, which overall makes human connection easier. Yeah. I love that. Empathy is a big one for sure. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of work, but it's definitely an important one. Um, okay. For me, number three, again, not as deep as yours. Um, traveling for me. It's overall. Number six overall, but number three for me, um, traveling is something that, I mean, every, everybody I tell this to, I feel like they look at me like I'm dumb, but um I didn't realize that it was something that was important to me. It's funny. I had like a revelation because when you're going from high school to college to work, like finding your career, like you're focused on that. And for whatever reason, it never really entered my mind that like I should travel, (laughs) like I should take time to work on, you know, becoming a cultured individual and seeing all the world has to offer and not just like go forward on this hamster wheel that I've been going on for my entire life. Um, So yeah, that's something I learned is important to me. And it's why we had tried so hard to do an Italian French honeymoon, but unfortunately uh, just wasn't in the cards for next year, but it's definitely, um, we're going to try to travel a lot before we settle down and have kids. So that's a big priority. I put people on such a high pedestal when I've, I learned that they've experienced different cultures and have traveled um, because you're exposed to so many things that those that stay in their same state or stay in the U.S. don't experience. And it's just incredible. I mean, even as simple as yesterday, I had a coworker that it traveled and did a lot of um, overseas work in, in college, which is called... Um, what is it called? Uh, he was a foreign exchange student in another country. So, uh, 
you, you know the international like program? study abroad yeah he studied abroad study abroad That's oh I was like... word I was trying to find and he I told them that I officially switched to tea and I'm no longer drinking coffee just out of uh pure uh taste bud change and overall gut health and he was like oh I have some tea recommendations for you and I knew that he have has gone to France and Europe and all of these different places. So it was like, you are one that I definitely want to hear um, your, your tea suggestions. And he's yeah. like, well, no, I didn't have any in those places, but just self-exploration um, in my own life. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> but you, but you like considered him an expert because he was, yeah. <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so number seven, mm-hmm. through my 25 years, um, I've, I guess it's been reassured to me that my desire to be successful in my career while experiencing new environments only continues to grow, uh, which, like I said, makes me just that much more confident in who I am in my life path. And that comes at the perfect um, time of, of yours of traveling. For me, I agree. Traveling abroad is so attractive to me and I think so highly of it, but I still feel like there's so many places in the United States that I haven't experienced that I I want to focus on that. And then also when the opportunity comes to go beyond that, I definitely want to do, but, um, but yeah, I've, I wanted to go to college out of state. I want to live in X amount of places and I want to be successful as sports broadcaster. And luckily, through four years in the professional industry, that desire hasn't changed at all. And I heard a lot that it's likely to change. I mean, even for the first time, I, ha- I heard my dad say, well, you know, if you're still, if you're still um, doing that in X amount of years, and I didn't take that as a bad thing. I can understand life has its own course and you can't control it, but goodness, I hope that I still am in my industry um, by that time because it's a taxing industry. But I I get it because when you've experienced life for long enough, you know, your desires, your wants, life changes. But so far, it hasn't for me. And I'm very happy about that. (laughs) That is so funny because um, literally my next lesson that I learned this past year was that California most likely isn't our forever home. (laughs) So that's like, that's just funny that it worked out that way. But yeah, um, we learned, again, I just never even thought about leaving California. Like it was never, you know, my family's here. Nobody in my family, um, since I've been born, at least has like really left at least not until like college. And so um, we just didn't have like any family out of state, really. Everybody was here. Um, and then, you know, my cousin started going off to college out of state and Darren kind of has a little bit of an itch to get out of California. Um, and I started thinking, I'm like, well, you know, California isn't the only place to live, you know, like there's other places <laughs> beyond, um, Orange County. And, uh, we, I think we've, we've kind of fallen in love with the idea of Connecticut. Um, we found like actually a town that we're going to go visit soon because it just checks all of our boxes on paper. So we want to go see if it lives up to its 
our expectations in person. Um, but yeah, we just kind of learned that we're probably not going to settle down here long term. So that's exciting and a little scary. And if my mom ever listens to this, she'll probably have a heart attack, but that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, it's it, it does feel selfish at times to leave. Like, I remember when I was looking at colleges out of state, my family um, really, really tried to bribe me to stay in Southern California. And it feels like you're letting someone down by by what it feels like being selfish and going and, and separating yourself from family. But no, it's back to that number one, putting your happiness first, because everyone in your family is going, depending on your family dynamic, is going to live their own lives and you'll still have a relationship with them. It doesn't, yeah. you don't see, at least in my situation and potentially yours, you don't see your family every single day. So, um, it's, if you schedule times throughout the year to go back home and visit, it's probably it equates to how much you actually see them, even though you're only so many miles apart. So that is interesting. I, um, I didn't know that about you, your, your interest to live beyond California until recent years. And um, I definitely relate to it. I think there's so much value and just experiencing new things. And it doesn't mean that you have to not like your home. It's just California is a very, a very populated, overwhelming state, you know? And if your, if your career doesn't directly align with, with um, having success in a place like California, then what California has to offer, you can find in a lot of other places. Maybe not the beach, maybe not the the um, the lifestyle, but quality of life. Can well, and it's so funny. California. <laughs> Everybody who visits, like Darren's cousins, a lot of times will come visit us from Michigan. They're like, you guys have this weather all the time. You can go to the beach whenever you want. We live at the beach and we don't go to the beach. Like we, we live, we could probably walk there in less than 20 minutes and we went a handful of times this summer and that was because we just moved here and we were excited about going and we still only went a handful of times yeah. so um I don't know the beach it's 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 nice it's fun but it's not a reason to live here I don't think it's just not your exactly your um number one priority because I have a friend that it she said and I don't know if she still feels this way but she said if she's just not near a body of water or like a, a near the ocean she doesn't feel like she's close to home and she doesn't like that feeling so the the weight of the beach holds different value to other people and that's completely fine but yeah I I look forward to your journey of finding where your forever home is going to be or or at least um long-term home is going to be and I hope that it's somewhere close to me I know I was and just gonna Connecticut say is the home of ESPN so I've always said ESPN oh, what if we is super mainstream and very national and regulated but hey maybe that's in my cards <laughs> what if oh my gosh could you imagine if we ended up living in the same state after all these years <laughs> and different journeys oh and it, it wasn't it enticing. California it makes yeah. it enticing. I'm not going to lie. 
I love that. I'm going to cross my fingers for that. Yes. Um, it's my turn. Yes, it's your turn. Okay, number nine. I've learned about my body as a woman and having PMS and all of what comes with just the natural menstrual cycle that all women have. And um, specifically what I've learned is knowledge is power and being able to underself and under, under self, understand yourself and understand your body is very powerful and can only strengthen your, your life. And, um, and yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally agree. And I actually feel like in our school district, I felt like we got a pretty good education about how our bodies work. Cause I've talked to so many women throughout the years that don't know the basic function of their bodies. And I was like, my parents signed me up for the family life courses in elementary school. So that's where we like learned everything about our bodies and how babies are made and all these things. And if you don't know those basic things, I mean, it's no wonder that in states where they do not teach, you know, um, what, what would you call it? Like sexual health. Mm-hmm. And in states where they believe in abstinence, that there are higher rates of teen pregnancy, because it's like, if you don't know what you don't know, then obviously you're going to set yourself up for something disastrous. So, um, yeah, I totally agree that knowledge is power and it's our bodies. It's, it's our responsibility to know these things. A hundred percent. And um, the more that I put time into understanding and researching and just figuring out what um, what it is about myself, uh, I remember having a conversation with my mom in that journey, and it's a continue. Uh, it's a journey that'll never end. Um, understanding the female body, but she she gave an example, and I hope she's okay with me airing this out. <laughs> but she said when she was younger, she didn't know why she kept breaking up with her boyfriends like every month she would have moments of unhealthy um relationship and she said that seeing me go through my journey of of realizing and trying to communicate what i know about myself um to my significant other and beyond she realized like wow Like my hormones were so out of whack. I didn't know what was happening. And this was just a cycle that I fell into and I never got out of it. And, you know, she wishes she had um, put more or had more knowledge about that at that time, which I mean, honestly, decade to decade, the, the knowledge of the female body and also just the certain things being normalized every decade it's exponential growth so i can't yeah. imagine in, in when she was she was born in 73 so in the oh. 90s when she was in her 20s or um whatever 80s um yeah 90s she would have been in her 20s then who knows what was really even known at that time oh i feel like this could be a whole podcast in and of itself like yeah. just about <laughs> women's health um it's so funny, like Darren and I were watching uh, Love on the Spectrum. Have you heard of the show? No. It's on Netflix. And um, 
it's just about people who are autistic trying to find love because something like 95% yeah yeah something like 95% of people who have autism never find a romantic partner in life wow um and so but it's interesting they said that so many women go undiagnosed with autism because the only studies that were funded for autism were studying how it appears in men like they never did any studies about how autism appeared in women until very recently and so um so many women for so many years just were never diagnosed so I just feel like there are lots of things about our society and the way it was structured and women's health was not prioritized or seen as important as it is today. So mm-hmm. I totally agree. For sure. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Okay, number t- uh, 10. We've made number it. Number 10. Okay. Oh, this one's kind of fun. I learned this year that I have a passion for mixology. Yes, um, you have. And I'd love to see how that continues to progress. Yes, I think I want to kind of take a leap of making my Instagram also a mixology Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love curating a well put together cocktail. Like to me, getting a cocktail that you just, it's like, so flavorful, and it like, a cocktail, I feel like, has the ability to give you an experience in a drink. And so I just love kind of having that elevated experience because I feel like for so many years we did not have an elevated cocktail experience. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you're first obviously exposed to drinking when you're, you know, in your late teens, early 20s, it's not a sophisticated experience typically. So I am very into finding new recipes, following people who know what they're doing, learning how to actually kind of bartend to me is very interesting and fun. Yeah. Um, we talked about this yesterday and I was telling you how it actually mixology. It's interesting to me, but it seems so difficult to find all the ingredients and you're buying a bottle of, for example, the one you gave me butterscotch liqueur or whatever it was. And then you have one use for it. So I'm interested to see your journey and learn from you um, to be able to do that because you actually posted a cocktail and then my boyfriend sent it to me and said, um, might have to get this recipe if she says it's good. So clearly I have um, someone close to me that's, that's, um, that's interested in that. So if I can add that too, but the high demand for this content and yeah, and I also just love entertaining. It's a great thing for entertaining and having people over and having a fun new drink that they've never tried. I love that. Mm-hmm. At number 11, my favorite number, um, I learned to not let judgment prevent me from being unique and flawed. It's their problem, not mine. I grew up in a very judgmental, a judgmental environment with the people around me, the examples I saw. And it actually, that was something I've learned um, from, you know, going off to college and becoming my own person that I realized if I, if I do something weird or I do something flawed, other people in this world aren't going to stop liking me or like forever have um, uh, 
like an X uh, on my forehead of like, oh, she did that one thing. Um, you know, we don't like her. And yeah, it's not that I saw that happen growing up, but like when I would hear people make comments about something, then I'd be like, oh, wow. So like, you don't like them anymore. And I had to learn that, that people judge um, and you can't control how heavy that judgment is. And all you can do is just be yourself. And if you just continue to be authentic, generally the judgment is, um, will go away after some time when people just accept you for who you are. But regardless, it's their problem, not yours. As long as you're doing all the things that we've talked about so far and holding yourself accountable, being thoughtful and mindful and empathetic, then just live your life, man. Yeah, I love that because I, I definitely feel like when we do something embarrassing or do something that we think is, you know, wrong or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. we think that people are just going to think about it forever. You know, like people are never going to forget it. Oh my gosh. They're going to look at me and think about this thing every time I see them. Um, but if you think about that, you know, reverse, like in the reverse, who, who do you have that you do that to? Like, there's nobody in my life where like, I think about something they do all the time and just constantly mm -hmm. judge them. Um, and like you're saying, you know, if you're, if you're a consistent, authentic, um, good person, 95% of the time, um, that's usually what people will remember, not the one weird thing you did that one time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Number 12. Um, I learned this from moving this past year, um, making a house a home takes a lot of time. So, um, I think, you know, when, especially when we moved to this townhome, obviously stretching the furniture we had from our apartment to fill this entire townhome has taken a lot of time. Um, and you know, you go on Instagram and you see these beautiful homes and these interior decorators that just make their homes look flawless and, gorgeously designed takes a really long time to achieve and if you guys are watching us on video you can see that my wall behind me is now green we moved in in February and I just now am getting around to wallpapering this wall green like I said I would many many months ago <laughs> um and like that's you know a combination of time combination of money combination of even thinking of what you want your home to look like. Like there are so many things that look good, but how do you make it all fit together into one cohesive home? It takes a long time. And it's something that even my mom reminded me of. She, I showed her, the study is almost done. We're just getting like two more sconces to put on either side of this, um, this painting behind me, but my mom, we're almost done. She, she kept congratulating me. She was like, I'm so oh, congratulations. I'm so happy you finished your room. And, um, it is a, it is an accomplishment to finish it. It takes a lot of time and money and effort. Absolutely. You mentioned seeing things online and I think that's really raised the standard for style in people's individual lives is seeing other people's lives. Because growing up, I mean, that's why it's so cringy looking back at like the older styles in homes and um, and just seeing, you know, what our homes looked like growing up or, or I guess, I don't know, if your home that your parents 
have was always your childhood home, then you had a gorgeous home for your entire life. But just the styles, like the brown wooden furniture, um, a lot of hand-me-down things, like just a lot less interesting. And now, um, now that we can see into people's homes, the standard has been raised. And also, um, you know, I always thought I would live in apartments, like just forever, just given the nature of my job. And it did take time to make this apartment what I wanted it to be. And I'm so proud of it. Lots of DIY, lots of Facebook marketplace. But I was just telling my boyfriend the other day that the thought of like having a home and buying things for the home, like a house, would just be so much more meaningful. You know, like a lot of this stuff would go come along for the journey. But the thought of like, oh, getting a a, a planter for that corner of the of the house, like that's that'll mm-hmm. be there for a very long time. Versus when I get things now, it's like this is all going to be temporary. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally get that. It, it feels, and that's another part of like you know planting your roots and making it a home because you again this isn't our forever home either um, mm-hmm. um as i've mentioned we're not going to stay in california forever but um yeah it definitely it it's meaningful to be like okay this is going to be a piece in our home for a long period of time i'm just going to periodically glance over at the tv because the vikings are in <laughs> buffalo playing the bills and it's 12:13 on a sunday so I'm interested in seeing how this game's going to go for the Vikings because it's definitely their hardest matchup so far this year. So number 13, patience is virtue. Um, I never found it easy to be patient. And I thought, which we've talked about on the podcast in my career journey, one year after um, my first job out of college, I'm on to the next. And Um, I realized, you know, like the journey actually developing and growing everyone's journey is different and be patient and be at peace with that and actually be happy with it. But I, I am validated by your 10,000 hour um, reference because that's true. Like I will always have the pride of my first job. I was there, I put in my due diligence, my time, and I really grew. And when that next step is gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And it did, I mean, I recently, which it's, I've only told like outside of my family and friends, like one person that I signed with a talent agency that's based out of Beverly Hills and New York City. And who knows, that could be my ticket to the success that I want to achieve, but had I been quick to move on um, before I was ready, then who knows where I would be and if that opportunity would have presented itself. So patience is everything. Love that. Very true. Very similar to a couple things we've both said. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. What are we on? Fourteen. I think we're on fourteen. Okay. Um. This is a big one for me. Um. I. It might sound a little bit, um, I don't know, like agency jargon to everybody else. Um, but running a creative account, I learned how to do that this year versus like a PR or marketing account um, where the work that we're doing is primarily creative work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that just involves like I learned how to 
you know, create a budget for that account, create a proposal, meet with the clients to understand what they're expecting, um, writing a creative brief, um, managing team hours, like brainstorming with the creative team, how to present that work to the client, and then, you know, how to manage a timeline for everything that is owed to the client. So learning how to do all that took a long time because in our agency, creative and PR and marketing are two separate departments with two separate processes. Um, so it took, it was intimidating at first to, you know, be like, okay, this is like my first true creative account that I have to kind of learn and step on a few toes here and there because I don't know how to do everything completely right. But um, it's, it feels good to not feel intimidated by that anymore. Just <laughs> processes and processes the same thing or do they have different meanings oh no those are the same things okay. I just say processes <laughs> you I like that processes <laughs> for number 15 for me um it's a little bit backwards from your experience right now Sophie but hometown pride I was so quick to want to leave California and um I'm I'm happy with my steps but also having the love and pride for my hometown and my home state is something that took time for me to kind of get away from it and realize its value and importance and um, your own identity and, and pride from who you are and where you came from is very valuable. And it took me time to learn that, but <laughs> I am proud to be Californian and it's definitely a part of who I am and my identity. I know you were so quick to leave us. You could have fooled me about your hometown pride. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I get that too. Sometimes, yeah, I get like, so I almost get tired of California and like annoyed with it, but there are definitely things I would miss and things that I appreciate. About and here in Minnesota, the pride that Minnesotans have is so strong. Like they're so prideful of their state and a lot of them, you know, don't really want to leave and they don't need to experience anything else so it's just kind of seeing that and seeing that love for where you come from and it's just not as it's not as uh it's not as like hometown feely in California to yeah. realize that you can take pride and ownership of all that is happening in that crazy place um but yeah you can I agree yeah California it seems compared to other states there's not a lot of pride yeah <laughs> for living here but there's so much <laughs> <laughs> um all right number 16 yep oh my gosh we're moving fast um turns out I'm a cat person um so I always said my whole life I mean I had a dog growing up loved him his name was Sam and Aww. he was just my little baby um but I don't know. Ever since having Darcy, I always thought I was a dog person. This past year, I really realized, no, I think I'm a cat person. I, dogs kind of annoy me now. Like they're cats. I appreciate that they kind of make you work for their love and attention. Um, they're like very rewarding in that way, because once you win them over, it's like, oh, it's been two years and I finally won her over. Mm -hmm. And so um, to me, dogs are kind of annoying. Like <laughs> They're, they'll just love anybody no matter what a lot of the time and um they're cute and whatever I just think I've learned I'm a cat person dogs now. are cute and whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah that I learned that about you too but um that's not shocking I agree with your reasoning 
And I do as well strive to be accepted and loved by Darcy. And yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I feel like that, that will only validate your um, acceptance of me as your best friend. <laughs> like, oh, if my cat loves you, you know what I mean? Like when you're, when you bring like someone around, it's like, oh, my dog loves you. And in the back of your head, you're like, okay, they're cool, you know? <laughs> but yeah, Darcy, yeah, our friendship is really, our friendship is really hanging in the balance depending <laughs> on whether or not Darcy accepts you. <laughs> well, for 17, um, I've learned and it kind of goes hand in hand with that, I guess, in a weird way. Relationships <laughs> need effort, care and daily practice. <laughs> Is Are my- you referring to Evan as a cat? <laughs> <laughs> is um, very important in the success of the relationship. And relationships are hard. Um, they're very challenging and they take a lot of work. And I think that's a great thing. But it also, if you don't have as much experience, you can feel like relationships shouldn't be this hard. If this person and I are meant to be, it should be. Um, but no, that's just not the reality of life. And I'm very happy I understand that now before it's too late. Yeah, I think that's a very common thing to learn. I think everybody, because, you know, you watch movies growing up, you see these TV shows and, you know, the characters that are meant to be, you know, it just seems so perfect. But even if you look at those characters, they always have their fair share of trials and tribulations. And um, I hear from a lot of my engaged and married friends, you know, there's there's always that period of time where you're kind of figuring each other out and learning how to work together. It, it's, it's, you know, it's making two people who are completely different people work and live together forever is not, never going to be easy, even if they're the most compatible people in the world. Oh yeah. So yes, I hundred percent agree with that. Um, all right. Number 18. Um, this is just kind of a funny one. Uh, it goes with my previous lesson. Um, cats can't eat strings. So I learned this. And for anybody who has a cat and doesn't know, your cat can't eat strings, okay? And whatever, that might make me sound dumb that I didn't know that. But I didn't know that because to me, it's just like a string. Like, what is it going to do? Darcy ate a string. When, when was it? It was like a month ago. <laughs> She ate a string. I was like playing with her and it was like this string. It was like this long. I was playing with her and she just like snapped it out of my hands and swallowed it before I could even get it out. And I was like, okay. I'm like, it's just a tiny little cotton string. What, like, how bad could it be? And you look it up. It's like, go to the hospital immediately. Like get an ultrasound. She may need surgery. Like all like capital letters, like must go to vet immediately. And I'm just like, I started freaking out. I, it was 10 o'clock on like a Sunday and I was like calling the vets and like absolutely freaking out. And she's fine. Everything's fine. But apparently what happens is as it goes through their digestive tract, it can like um, kind of get caught on something and like bunch all their intestines up and like <laughs> basically cut open their intestines from the inside. And so I was like, Ugh. That's what the doctor basically said. Oh, there's nothing we can do unless she, you know, basically starts, you know, throwing up and, um, you know, basically perforates her bowel. There's like nothing really we can do. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, 
similar to when you said you are getting nightmares of showing up on your wedding day and your hair and makeup isn't done and everyone is already in attendance. I have similar fears of something I love and care about so much and like finding a way to destroy it. And yes, it's similar to that. Like you have put so much time, energy, so much love into Darcy. And then to think that you can do something like that. And it's so detrimental to their life. Um, that's it's awful. Stressful. The amount of stress. That's why I'm just telling people on here. So so you don't have to go through the stress I went through. Make sure your yeah. cats don't need any strings because it's and, too much stress. Yeah. And this is the perfect little hamster for you to figure out before you have a child. <laughs> so I'll make sure my child doesn't ingest any strings. That yeah. That'll be <laughs> I mean, they say like you have to cut your hair short when you're a mom, because if your hair is on the ground, it'll wrap up on the baby's toes and the toe will, will not get any circulation and they'll have to cut off the toe and my hair falls out like crazy oh oh god mom bob is is for more than just fitting the stereotype it's for (laughs) safety as well so um number 19 um i've just really understood the importance of um, building bonds and how that can positively impact family relationships Um, especially family, you know, because it's crazy. The people that you choose to be your quote unquote family, like friends, um, you put so much time and energy into checking up on them, staying in contact family. They're there and they're connected to you forever. Right. Um, but it still takes effort just because you guys are associated with each other. Doesn't mean that your relationship's going to be perfect. So I found that for me um, to strengthen and feel stronger in my family relationships, that bonding with them and talking and, and understanding each other is very important in that. I love that. Oh, 20. 20. Okay. Um, oh, wedding. This is about wedding planning. Um, there's not as much urgency as people would have you think about planning a wedding. Um, So many people I know got engaged after us and are getting married before us. Mm -hmm. They booked all their vendors super easily, no stress. Um, And we didn't have really too much stress booking our vendors. Like we found a DJ. The first (laughs) DJ we called was available. The first, what is so funny? (laughs) What? It's so on brand that this whole time like you built up the wedding in your head and then it turns out to not be like you not needing an entire year plus to plan it it's just so on brand for you it's funny but it's relatable i i thought the same thing but it's just like i imagine similar to the little sophie like stressing about homework um, and your life is on the line for every homework assignment. Like it's just funny <laughs> to imagine the way you built up this wedding in your head, the planning process. And <laughs> turns out it's nowhere near what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> That's so true. Everything I do in life is like way too, like overly stressful. Like shouldn't be as stressful as it is. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, I guess that's nothing new really. Um, <laughs> But 
Yeah, I mean, it's like, there are so many DJs in the world. There's so many florists in the world. There are so many venues in the world, so many planners. I mean, obviously you want to pick one that's right for you. So it's good to get a jump on things quickly. But for example, um, like my, my uh, dress, I went so early because I was so concerned about getting my wedding dress fast enough. So concerned that I bought the wrong one. And still in October, I was able to find, you know, nine, 10 months later, was able to find the actual dress I wanted within like a week. <laughs> so it's like, I That's did awesome. no reason to rush it, but I did because I was so stressed. So mm-hmm. if you just stay calm and organized, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It'll all be all right. <laughs> that's that's the, yeah. the baseline for everything. It's all gonna be okay. We're I never that years ago. <laughs> Twenty-one. I actually said these exact words before, but it's so important. Um, life changes, and life has its own plan, and you're just along for the ride. You can control a majority of the outcome for sure but you do not have the ability to know how you're going to feel about something in two years, three years. And it's, it's just so important to just remember that. And I look back to the times where I spoke in definites all the time as a teenager, I'm never having kids mm-hmm. because I am so passionate about my career. Aaron Andrews didn't have kids and <laughs> the only one that made it to not the only one, but one of the few that made it to the heights that she did because everyone else had to take time off, have, have their baby. And then they came back and their position was built Two, um, you know, like just the nevers, the definites, you can do whatever you want, but just remember, <laughs> um, you know, it's a little, it's a little foolish at times because life has, its, has a course that you're going to experience for the first time every single day. <laughs> I do remember that young Mary telling me, absolutely <laughs> not, never, yeah, never, <laughs> but my so sister, many nevers I heard my from sister <laughs> officially had her baby. I'm officially yeah. an aunt and, um, mm. it's her name is Ellie Rose. She's the cutest little nugget. You guys, ever. most beautiful baby she by far. Her she her is so cute. Crunch is so cute. She's so adorable. Um Ellie Rose, cutest name and you know, I've seen so many babies. I've lo- I love so many babies. Like my cousins, my everyone's babies. They're just the cutest things, right? <laughs> but it's different when it's your when it's your niece or nephew, whoever, um, it's a totally different feeling. It's like, it was crazy the day she was born. I, w- I was texting like uh, about Ellie to my sister, like, oh, like how is Ellie doing? And I looked up at Evan and I said, wow, Ellie suddenly is going to be a person in my life forever. Yeah. Like, this is a name that I will say so many times and she's a part of my life. She's she was just born and now she's in it just (laughs) she just appeared (laughs) yeah so and my sister is on cloud nine and she I've never seen her so happy so content this is it's just everything it's so unreal um to have someone so close to you have a baby so yeah uh you know that that's I'm not that's not implying that that makes me want to have a baby by any means but it's just like there's so much 
beauty in life and every year, um, you know, that experiencing those types of moments for yourself, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Oh, yes, I agree. And Ellie, you guys, Ellie, newborn babies most of the time look real funky, but <laughs> Ellie, Ellie is so beautiful. She's she does so not look cute. And she does not look like your typical newborn. Oh, I have to show one, one picture. My sister has been awesome at sending pictures. Oh, my, oh, good. Uh, her parents are there. Yeah. So uh, there's just this, she sent me a picture last night and said, night auntie. And it's oh. just little Ellie. <sighs> Stop it. That little switch. Oh my, she has so much hair. Oh my gosh. I know she has so much hair. My sister said she has blue eyes. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah, I don't have blue gorgeous eyes. Gorgeous little girl. Nor does she. So that's a pleasant surprise. But yeah, so anyways, I just realized I'm going to be that person. Like, oh, look at my, everyone <laughs> gather around and look at my niece. Um, okay, so. In the pod, our number. podcast audience. <laughs> 22. Gets to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Number 22, um, how to cook a really nice steak is what I learned. Um, not as exciting as Mary becoming an aunt, but cooking a nice steak I've found is difficult because obviously you want to make sure it's cooked enough to be safe to eat, but you don't want it to be overcooked and you want to make sure it's, you know, has all the flavors and is juicy and is marinated correctly. And I learned that the trick is to bake it. So you pan sear it and then you bake it in the oven. And it's, it's a revelation. I've never known how to cook steaks. I've always burned them. I've always like set off fire alarms in my house cooking steaks. And um, this year I learned how to do it. And I was very proud of myself. I feel like I was just trying to figure out there was someone that went viral that posted their steak on Twitter and like the steak community is very, very on top of it. They have standards yeah. and this was like, yeah. a, it looked like a boiled steak when you cut into it. Like it was, oh. there was just no, it wasn't medium rare. It was like not even um, like overcooked. It was just like boiled. It just looked weird Um, anyway. So yeah, <laughs> that's important to know how to do. I support that. I'm a, I'm a medium rare kind of gal. Not too Me long. Too. Yeah. Um, okay. So number 23, and I'm going to come up with this one on the fly. Cause I think my number 23 deleted and I put in place our, the one that we came up oh. with. So, Oh, number 23 for me is the importance of gut health and how, and how, um, foods can affect your mood. Everyone's different. Right. But like for me, um, an, an too much sugar, or caffeine can make me irritable, like really recognizing the foods that you put into your body, how they impact you and, um, how they, how they affect just your production on a day-to-day -day basis, your happiness, um, and how you feel. It's really the process to learn. Um, but yeah. Some of the healthiest people I know are like super into gut health. So, I'm, I'm not, and I should be. And I also don't ever drink water, which is mm -hmm. problematic. That is problematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. 24. This is the last of the individual lessons. Um, 
this is very similar to the one you said earlier, Mary, about, um, you know, worrying less about people's opinions and having that beyond them. But I wrote how to worry less about what people think and their opinion of me. Um, this is something that I've always worked on. Um, but between turning 25, becoming a manager and deciding to get married, I'm finally starting to feel really secure in who I am. Um, like I don't need to prove myself to anyone anymore, you know, and I'm an adult woman who has her shit together. Um, and I don't really need anyone else to validate that because I know that that's true. So, um, really just finally coming into my security and learning that people's opinions aren't the most important thing. And as long as I'm happy, happy and doing what I know to be best for myself, then that's really all that matters. One of the clips I picked out is us saying something, um, to that effect. So I'm excited for that to, um, for us to, to make that connection soon. I did my, my, sorry, my mom is trying to FaceTime me. Um, and I'm, cause she's with the baby right now. So I, oh. I, my phone just rang. Uh, this is the stake. So it's actually the quarterback of the Vikings, Kirk Cousins. Um, he went viral because he cooks his steak on aluminum foil. Oh, and the steak okay. community was like, you can't cook steak on aluminum foil, cook it directly on the grill, but his grill is pristine. So yeah. I think he, I think he, maybe it's from a cleanliness standpoint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it appears that way. Okay. So number 25, our joint life, um, a lesson realization in our, in our 25 years is essentially along the lines of, uh, we are confirmed best friends forever. <laughs> it's official. And, we're verified. Yeah, we are. I mean, we've made it this far and, um, and yeah, just the, how we've relentlessly stayed in each other's lives. And this podcast has allowed us to really prioritize that because, um, it's really easy to get caught up in your own life. So just finding ways, if you have a long distance friendship to stay with each other and go do life from a distance together, but also, um, yeah, just having the desire to want to stay in each other's lives. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's, I always look back and Mary, I don't know if you remember this, but the first time we ever hung out like just you and me, we went to BJ's, I think. And we had lunch in like, like our senior year, or maybe it was late junior year. I, no, it was senior year. And we like had lunch. And basically after that, we were pretty much inseparable after that one lunch. And I always knew that no matter how far you were going, I'm like, well, it doesn't matter because we're best friends and we're going to stay in touch through all the miles and all the years. Yeah. Um, you just if you care enough about your friends and the people that you love and you consciously put in an effort to keep up with what they're doing, then anything, any friendship is possible is what I've learned. A hundred percent. So um, I felt like I had something I wanted to add uh, before we got into our clips. Shoot. Um, I'll, I'll, I hope that it comes back to me, but let's, we have a couple of clips that we uh, made note of in our, in our uh, time of doing this podcast one year, and we're going to react to them. 
<laughs> yeah, should we, who wants to go first? Do you want to do yours first, Mary? Do you know, I went first on the other one. So cue it up. Oh, okay. So I want to show you guys, I wanted this to kind of be like a best of the past year since this is our one year episode. Mm-hmm. So I thought, of course, we have to have um, my wisdom teeth removal. Clip. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's play that back for everybody. I look like an obese person. That feels like forever ago when you got yes. your wisdom teeth out. Are you fully recovered by now? Oh, yes. I am doing well. My teeth are intact. Um, everything has closed up. No more pain. My teeth are now no longer being shifted by the wisdom teeth coming in. That was March 25th, which is crazy because it feels like two months ago. Um, and again, I don't even have my wisdom teeth yet. So it's been a almost, um, you know, almost a year since that's happened and I still haven't grown mine. Nothing's changed on my end. That is wild. Maybe you're just born without them. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to grow. Some people are born without them. Yeah. Okay. Mine (laughs) will go back and forth. So let me play mine. Um, this was, this was an all timer, your reaction to when I was in Boston and I said um, that Boston was more of a culture shock than the Midwest. It's quite the culture shock. Like I wasn't culture shocked going from California to Iowa or from Iowa to Minnesota. Really? You weren't? From California to Iowa, you weren't? No. Just the way I say no, I wasn't. (laughs) As if it wasn't completely outrageous. That's an all-timer for me. Like that is so funny. <laughs> that is hilarious because how how do you stand by that? Is that still yeah. true for you? I just said it yesterday. The architecture in Boston. Have you you still haven't been? You'll know what I mean. The architecture. I mean, you want to call the East Coast home one day. You'll see it. It's just Boston's colonial historic feel is it's not even like a different different a different style house it's like a different world so yeah I'm still I'm still blown away I'm still blown away by that I don't understand I that just doesn't make any sense to me it's like California (laughs) to, to Iowa Iowa you you land and it's just cows when you start driving and it's farmland and there's football and there's the lack of is different than like a plenty that is just looks different it's a lack of yeah but I wasn't I wasn't completely unaware of that the farm um, midwest life I guess before I knew a little bit about it just watching football and seeing like different culture or like communities, different states. You're wild. That's wild. <laughs> this next clip is going to be cringe for me. It's <laughs> going to be a blind, it's going to be a blind reaction. I didn't even, 
I didn't even listen to it. I just knew when I started talking about it, a blind reaction to me talking about picking my original dress. So ultimately the dress I picked, I feel like is very me. Um, and it's just crazy to think that I know the dress that I'm getting married in. It's a very surreal experience. Everything I hoped it would be. <laughs> and, and I said, it's so crazy to think I know the dress I'm going to get married in when I didn't. <laughs> I did not know the yeah. dress I was going to I mean, honestly, listening back, well, for one, as your maid of honor and best friend, I hyped it up. And like I said, your happiness, the way that you felt in it, and you obviously are going to look gorgeous in any beautiful white dress. Um, uh, I was reacting honestly but it, it also is like my reaction to it and then it's like <laughs> you end up hating it so um, regardless yeah I, I feel like you kind of tell that what you were focusing on wasn't details of what you were obsessed with whereas this new dress so many details about it the way that you feel in it your description is just so much more lively yeah, it's just funny. Like, it's almost cringe for me to listen back because it's, I knew that it wasn't per like exactly what I wanted, but I was like convincing myself that it was. And it was just like, I hate like listening to such a raw, like, <laughs> like a, like the perfect example of me convincing myself that I loved it. And you Ugh. didn't, you didn't know what else was out there at that time so at that time it's like oh this is probably the best that that i yeah like that exists okay so this is our um last clip and mine is us talking about uh so i'll give more context this was our new year's episode where we did our first and only up to this point in-person episode and we really just had an honest conversation about our families, support systems, college, and everything. And there was a moment where we just kind of said how, you know, my recipe for success was just not needing validation from anyone, including my parents. Um, and, and we talked about that earlier. So it's funny. Be confident in, in what you want and don't seek approval from other people is one thing that was crucial in that process. Because um, when you're applying for colleges and you're not getting the excitement level from one parent or maybe any parent in 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 another instance, mm -hmm. then you're it's deflating and it's an emotional realization to get to. Like what makes me happy and what I find um, successful isn't what my parent or someone that I want their approval from. They're not going to see it that way. It's on theme to everything we've talked about in this episode. Um, not as thrilling, but just just being able to talk about that with you and and really reflect. I think what I think of in that clip is just like, wow, this podcast, we've had to really reflect on our lives. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been I think looking back on the past year of doing this podcast, it's kind of it's helped me. I mean, it's called processing, right? Like that's the whole point. It's like, it hel it's helped me understand, you know, a lot of the things that I'm going through and work through it and kind of assign meaning to not only what's happening now, but things that have happened in the past and like why I've made certain choices and how they've impacted where I am today. So that's also a little gift that this podcast has given me in addition to everything else that we're talking about today. But 
Um, how crazy. One year. One year. Thank you everyone for listening for a year. Um, I know a couple of people that are, that listen when they can. And it's just so awesome. Um, I love like people that I'm, I'm close with. Like when I see on their Spotify, like the recently listened is the processing podcast. Like that stuff is so great. And I only want this podcast to continue to grow and for ideas to continue to flourish and for it to really be a safe and honest space for people. Um, kind of the finale uh, before I ask if you have anything else you want to add, Sophie. Well, who knows, but I'm in, I'm all in right now on finding my bridesmaid dress. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 um, something that I, I try to describe it to you, um, for our listeners. I want the dress to be perfect. Um, and largely because I, I want the vision, the moment I want the dress to live up to everything. And this is such a meaningful experience, but, um, kind of a little bit of background. So Sophie gave us a website where it has the exact color and it's a bridesmaid dress website. So, um, there's a handful of options. There probably like eight dresses that fit mm -hmm. kind of what you're looking for on that site with the exact color. So I like some of the options, but I really want to try to find something because there's so many boutiques online that, um, can really, expand on the options available on the site you gave us. So I ordered my first dress and who knows it's, if it's going to be it, but I'm so in love with the dress. Me too. <laughs> it, it, it. Like it just, it's so cute. I shouldn't show it. Right. You can, if you want. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Do you, it. You I love that. it. Okay. And who knows this could not be the dress. And mm -hmm. I've looked at a ton of places. I actually found this dress on um Shein which is not where I thought I would find <laughs> my dream bridesmaid dress for Sophie's wedding not that it's like quality wise and and um all the sites I was looking at I didn't see anything that perfectly fit so this is the dress um oh, I love it and it's gonna look so good on your body type I think and the color is great oh my gosh and the back it. The, there's a front slit in the back has a long elegant I love it who knows if this will will perfectly fit the color and when I see it in person everything but it's the first dress that I bought to try and I am just enjoying it so much and um yeah I'm so excited it's funny I'm like almost equally as excited to see all my bridesmaids in their dresses as I am to see me in my <laughs> dress because <laughs> everybody's just gonna look so good and like matching and watching all of us come together in the photos oh my gosh it's gonna mm -hmm. be so perfect I'm so happy. yeah it's fun it's like the new age way of doing weddings no longer as traditional where you want your bridesmaids to have a same theme, but different styles of dresses. And that's, yeah. I think that looks so good because from afar, um, it, it really, everything complements each other versus having like a completely identical bridesmaids. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping that this one can be it, but I'll keep everyone updated. I have, I have updates on my side. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're getting close. There's going to be, I feel like lots more of that because you're going to have to start getting in 
like involves a lot more, even more than he already have been. <laughs> and we have to, so Sophie and I are doing a, what did we um, try to name it? The uh, uh, wedding kickoff girls day out. <laughs> so when I come <laughs> home next month in late December, um, we're going to have a day where we just go and venture and do a bunch of things um, to officially kick off the wedding celebrations and everything. So uh, we'll have to, we'll have to do some planning of that on the podcast, but yeah. Um, as for this episode, Sophie, anything else to add on our one year anniversary episode? I think that's about it. I'm just, as I've said before, in awe that it's a year. I just have loved doing it. And most importantly, obviously love doing the podcast, but love being able to catch up with you and talk with you as often as we've been doing every episode. So that's been my favorite of this past year. Agreed. Well, cheers to that. Lots of love for you. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.